0: Hey everybody! Welcome to another commission podcast by Bald Move. Uh, this one is by Sean Ray, uh, who you might have recognized from his earlier commission on the Coen Brothers' first film, Blood Simple. And uh, he's also got an upcoming uh, commission for Dead Zone, which I haven't seen.
1: A couple of them. Didn't, didn't he do Insidious 2 as well? Well, that's like what right I was about to this? say. His, oh, his okay. current
0: project, he asked us to do a double header: uh, ah. Insidious 1 and Insidious 2, which we're going to tackle in, in two parts as there are two commissions to kind of compare and contrast. Uh, he was interested in our thoughts on The Conjuring 2. And my thoughts on The Conjuring 1, uh, which if you don't know, what is, are the works of a director named James Wan, uh, who I mm-hmm. think is a singular horror talent. He's one of the most talented guys working in the medium today. Um, and this uh, was one of his first first uh, uh, the, uh, movie projects. And he was joined by writer Leigh Wannell, I think is how you pronounce his name uh for this movie insidious now you might recognize that name as one of the chief writers behind the saw franchise (laughs) so this is kind of like an an all-star meetup uh leigh also um is joined by his his buddy angus sampson Mm -hmm. uh and they play a i guess the comic relief in this film specs and tucker is that as specs and tucker are the characters i think so I couldn't um, tell you, Specs and Angus. Um, yeah, and they also then collaborated in the 2014 drug heist movie, The Mule. <laughs> right. So Which there's like all these like little movies. little fun little actor and uh, and and writer and director clicks going on. Uh, also, this was movie stars Patrick Wilson who goes on to um, helm a lot of the, the well, both of the Conjuring movies as a paranormal investigator. Uh, he does not play that character. At first, I thought, oh, I had no idea this is related to Conjuring. It's not. He's just <laughs> playing a, a dad here. Yeah. Uh, stars Rose Byrne as his wife, Barbara Hershey as the mother of Patrick Wilson, and, as I mentioned, Angus Sampson as uh, one of the paranormal investigators. There we're a hoot. So, um, this is the movie, Insidious, came out in 20, uh, 2010. Um I'll get into the the uh, introduction by uh, Sean here. It says uh, the first film, Insidious, had a total budget of 1.5 million, which is surprising to me with a cast like this. I know Rose Byrne and Patrick Wilson are no Meryl Streep or Paul Newman, but they still must have really believed in the f- director or script to be paid so little. Yeah, I when I saw that, I was shocked because I'm like, man, just I mean, this film had a not inconsiderable special effects budget, although mm-hmm. a lot of it was practical. Yeah, yeah. And it was confined to a very few sets, which probably helped. But, you know, these people, I mean, it probably helped it was in 2010. So was that pre-Watchmen?
1: Probably. I feel like I saw Watchmen more than seven years ago.
0: Yeah, so Watchmen came out in 2009. Okay, so, so I, not quite. But I, I mean, I, I guess, because cause Patrick Wilson, I feel like, has blown up. Yeah. But he's also blown up into Conjuring and Fargo movies. Something happened, kind of, you know. Um, so, so I don't know. Like, I'm sure he's not cheap, but he's probably not super expensive. But even if he's, let's say, it takes $100,000 this role, that's still mm-hmm. almost 8% of the film budget gone. <laughs> and Rose Byrne yeah. wasn't huge, too, but she also had pretty starring roles as Moria McTaggart in the X Men films. She wasn't a nobody either. No. I, I don't know. That's always always interesting when actors decide to take like a discount especially a steep discount
1: yeah uh and i i guess i don't know why i mean maybe <laughs> I don't know. I can't even speculate
0: on why. What they, if, if they I'm Patrick that. Wilson and I just done this big budget right. superhero film and I've got a let's say I got paid uh, half a million dollars? I mean that's a lot. Like I don't know where he lives in L. A. That's the other thing. So I don't know how to adjust for it. Like, sure. if someone gave me a half million dollars, that's essentially six to eight years, six to ten years <laughs> of. Living expenses in the Midwest. Right. It might be like a spring or summer in LA. So, I, I mean, guaranteed that doesn't even pay his house off. So, sure. Yeah. But, but that probably gave him, I'm, I'm sure he got a decent amount of money for the Watchmen, and that probably right. gave him the freedom to do something that's, that's more, that's, that's more fun or something he believed in.
1: Yeah. And I, I wonder how much, you know, so obviously he didn't film this in 2010, right? So, right. He, he might not have understood how big of a deal Watchmen was going to be for him in sure. his career because, I mean, superhero movies, yeah, they were around. Um, like you had some of the Spider-Mans back then, I think. And I think you've already X-Men. got by
0: that time, Batman Begins mm-hmm. and, and Iron Man. But has this come was
1: out. the Watchmen was kind of this one off thing that nobody had really like. It wasn't a huge property, right? Yeah, it like was, the X Men or Spiderman. It was. A,
0: it was a is a risky, niche-y type of property of a superhero yeah. deconstruction. Um, made by you know a writer who's famously kind of like irascible and and doesn't like film adaptations and wasn't going to cooperate with them and said it was supposed to be unfilmable and <laughs> right. so yeah it was definitely so it probably a wasn't risk. the guaranteed hit sure that, that some superhero movies can be now sure sure uh, but even then that's hard to say because this also has a direct it's a direct uh, connection to like the 300 film series which was a huge hit you know hmm. so I don't know but regardless one point it, it's 1.5 million dollars um i was shocked i would like 10 million dollars i would believe because this mm-hmm. movie looks great and it has a pretty good cast um let's talk about the effectiveness of it um what is your do you have like a top three scary movies i'm trying to get a good feel of I what mean,
1: probably like uh, so i i like the stuff that builds a lot of tension and i think this actually does it fairly effectively yeah. Um I think like Paranormal Activity the
0: first one super scary. Um that's definitely on my top 5.
1: The Shining and Session 9. Huh. There
0: there's it's this little indie. Okay. Film. Yeah, you got to be a fucking horror hipster of course. Of course, of course. <laughs> <laughs> uh I think both Conjuring are on my list. Um Uh-huh. I also the Paranormal Activity was 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 super scary. Um and so so this one, this was not James Wan at the height of his powers. I think this is James Wan flexing his powers. Yeah. Because there's some things that worked or some things that didn't work. I think the, oh, for sure. the, the budget held him back a little bit. But that's even, mm. like, I think. I think the structure, I think some decisions were made along the road that made it less scary than it could have been. Huh. Well, we should talk about that. I I feel like that like the Conjuring two I think is slightly scarier than Conjuring one, but it's weird because I think the Conjuring two has the best villain, mm-hmm. but it also shares screen with the Crooked Man, which I think is one of the least scary villains, uh, like demonic villains I've seen. Whereas in the mm-hmm. Conjuring, you know, the witch and her various hangers on and like ghost hands like that it was just genuinely more creepy but they didn't have to stand out like oh this demon nun thing varic or whatever his name was
1: right so i haven't actually seen the conjuring oh long. i thought you had by this by no this time. i've
0: seen conjuring too because we saw it
1: in theaters um i think we did a podcast about it we did first run movies yeah so we did. look in the bald movies category for that uh so yeah i i don't know i I think this movie suffers from some of the same problems that The Conjuring Two did with having a not super scary, like not inherently scary monster. Right? Like it was creepy, but once you once you saw the full, he yes, looks like he... that's the problem. You, they showed the entire monster, and they shouldn't have done that. It was yeah. it was. It's a laughable monster. It's and more specifically it's a literal, like the face like, of it, f- goat-footed devil monster. And it's, it's...
0: we talked about like it's hard to do a goat-footed monster practically, right? <laughs> like, uh, yeah. famously Manos Hands of Fate with was was it the uh, was it Torque. Torgal Torgus? Uh I yeah, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> but like they didn't do it. Like it, it it's really hard to do. And my first thought is, you know, when I when I see this guy strutting his stuff is like, Oh my god, Mano's hands of fate. That's not that's not a great connection.
1: No, you don't want to be making that connection.
0: <laughs> yeah. And when I see the the monster's face, like instead of being horrified, mm-hmm. it's like this is just some just some grandpa with red paint on his face like there wasn't necessarily anything horrific or demonic now there was a couple times where you saw him in shadow or when he's clicking his claws and like when you just you know saw him in bits and pieces where i'm like ooh, this this could be something Mm -hmm. um but when we finally saw him i'm like yeah that's just you know plus i actually thought the old lady was scarier uh, for some
1: reason, I yeah. I think the less fantastical you go with the appearance of your monster sometimes, yeah.
0: the scarier and more effective it can be. Because if you go fantastic, you got to really go for kind of broke. Right. And that's why, like, you know, essentially the the the, 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 the Marilyn Manson nun mm-hmm. in Conjuring 2 is so creepy. Yeah. Um, because, you know, you can do a lot of things where, like, is that just a picture or is that a thing? Or Whereas this, it's, you know, kind of in this no, uh, uncanny valley of of uh, horror creatures right um yeah so that didn't work for me um but i mean i
1: think up until they full-on showed this monster the film worked pretty well i I was uh, it was building tension effectively um it wasn't kind of falling into the same traps that a lot of horror movies do with a bunch of jump scares uh just trying
0: to to get you plus i know one of the big problems you have with these haunted and this is a problem with the haunted house genre. Like mm. the haunted house genre, kind of contains a problem. This is a haunted house. <laughs> right. This is not Jason, where you get in a taxi and drive across the country, and he's in the trunk. Yeah, like or you, Freddy, where he's in your dreams. Like. You you just like that was the biggest problem of a pretty strong American horror story season last year. Is it's just like why don't Cuba Gooding Jr. and um, Sarah Paulson just freaking leave. Like they're wealthy uh-huh. people from L.A. They bought this shack. Like I don't, you know, why, why don't they just like? And they only pay like forty grand for it. Just, just go, leave. Yeah. Like the first time blood starts bubbling out of the walls, just <laughs> that's, that's that's effed up. I don't need to call the plumber. I'm just out. Yeah. They. Sean wants us to talk about this is they have kind of a clever twist in that you think it's a haunted house, but then you find out it's actually a haunted child. Right. And that's something you can't leave behind.
1: No. Well, well.
0: <laughs> I mean you can. <laughs> you can. It's frowned upon.
1: Yeah. No, you're right. Uh that does actually help a lot of the problems that I had with something like the conjuring too, mm-hmm. where if rational smart thinking people would just leave the house. Right. So, yeah, here it makes a lot more sense. And
0: I mean The Conjuring 2 does that a, a little bit better because, you know, obviously these are very poor people. They can't just leave their house, but right, they right. stay with the neighbors. Yeah, but yeah. But then it kind of follows them across the street, so there's a little bit of that uh, – uh, haunted child syndrome too, because that that seems like that's the the way to solve it. It's like, and I thought it was something innocuous, like the grandfather clock, for the longest time. Me too, yeah. because you could also do that, like something that you wouldn't think of. You think it's the house, but it's actually some artifact, right? That is a family heirloom that you keep bringing bringing with you, and uh-huh. you figure that that's another way you can solve it. But I thought that was pretty innovative. Yeah. Um. Also, the double twists, like they set up in the beginning of this movie. Obviously, spoilers from here on out. Um, You know, this child in, like, a retro setting who's being tormented by this old witch woman-looking thing. Mm-hmm. And then they just go away from that for a long time. And then late in the movie, you realize that Patrick Wilson was that tormented little boy, and he's got the exact same gifts to project himself on the astral plane and walk away from his body that the little kid does. And And I guess he had
1: been hypnotized into forgetting about those memories.
0: Which is, I thought, a fairly interesting metaphysical Uh idea. And also, like, because they kind of build him up to be the shit father that, like, he is now... His family's going through this ordeal and he just buries himself in work and he kind of... But once you realize that, it's like, oh, these were just all these subconscious defense mechanisms trying to protect him from this very real danger. Yeah. And then they have the double-triple twist at the end where just when you think the, the, the movie's solved, over and the problem yep. solved, the witch woman has come back to claim her prize from 30 – however old Patrick – Patrick right. Wilson could be 27 or 45. Yeah, he's essentially sacrificed himself to
1: save his son. But what – What's going to happen with this kid? Like, well, there's an. Insidious are they going to have to? Are they going to have to hypnotize him as well? And I don't know. There's an cycle 2, which, which, again, which,
0: which because Sean says you guys should consider this as a unit. I'm guessing okay. the second movie. Like, I'll be very disappointed if they abandon that concept altogether. Right. Like, I kind of want it just to be about you know Patrick Wilson's character. It doesn't have to be have mm-hmm. him in it. But like his his childhood experience and maybe I don't know, maybe they flash forward and have Patrick in there for five minutes of scenes at the end. I don't know how it's gonna go. Well I but. wanna see how they deal with the kid because the kid
1: The kid has not like had the same treatment as Patrick Wilson, right? With right. The, the memory uh, right. wiping Hypnotism. Be, so it, yeah. will the will the demons come back? Will they travel to the further again? Like, how do they
0: prevent that? It would be kind of cool if his f- son had to, like, train up to save the father this time. And they did yeah. a little bit of that, like, within the novel version of The Shining, which I thought was interesting. And I guess there's a mm-hmm. sequel where the boy in The Shining is all grown up and he's still fighting demons and ghosts. And, right. Like, it would be kind of cool to have a redemption arc where the boy goes to save his father. Mm-hmm. But how, what do you do in the meantime? Because Patrick Stewart's possessed by a Pet- killing machine. Patrick Stewart Patrick. is not in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick, Patrick Wilson is possessed by a killing machine. He's uh-huh. cutest of Borg now. Uh, what do you do with your husband who's possessed by this demon? Yeah. Like, and how
1: does it manifest itself to his family? Like, well, and plus the,
0: the – Do they play it
1: a little cooler with the dad so that they won't know, hey, he's possessed again?
0: I, right? Right? Oh, oh, like Rose Byrne, like not know that, like you know, let the ghost play the thing out, so that
1: right. I mean, you can't just like have him walking on the ceiling or something. They're gonna know. They're
0: gonna know what's up. Well, like... she already knows. Does he know that she knows? That's I guess that's the question. Oh,
1: right, she does know because she end. she saw yeah, the camera.
0: Yeah. But I don't know that he mm-hmm. would know that she knows.
1: <laughs> okay. You
0: know what I'm saying? Or the or I guess the ghost. Does the ghost know, the demon know that she Yeah, owns? I'm actually super curious to see what they do with the second one. Yeah, because the other thing that sets the stakes up higher is the paranormal investigator who largely responsible for vanquishing. I mean, she it, it was kind of cool because she essentially empowered Patrick Wilson's character to vanquish the demon, which is kind of cool. Um, but she gets, gets got at the end. Mm-hmm. So, that the family's even more vulnerable and that, you know, like, that, I, I guess it's kind of interesting that the family had in their back pocket this paranormal investigator who had seen this all before with the uh, Patrick uh, Wilson's character. Yeah. Now she's gone. They have no one to turn to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, the kid is not an experienced planeswalker. That's how he got into this mess. And Patrick Wilson is possessed. And then, not like he's super strong, not like he's super experienced with it either. He got shut down in his prime, so... I it's a fascinating setup for another movie. I, I hope yeah, they
1: I, I just I wonder, you know, what the limits are on this. Like clearly the boy wasn't possessed. Um yeah. you know, he was out there walking and they were trying to get his body. Now it's happened to his father. Um it's happened to Patrick Wilson. So what does that mean for Patrick Wilson as a human being, right? Right. Like is is he just now controlled by demons? What is he going to do? Is he going to go to work tomorrow? <laughs> like
0: probably not. And how would he? Like, what does that possession look like? You yeah. Know? Does he just go through the motions of, I can't even remember what he did. Oh, he's a teacher. Insidious, too. But is that's just the other like thing. Like, he seems demon. really well healed for a teacher. Oh, Because yeah. the house they bought, totally. it's like, oh, maybe it's a fixer-upper, but it still seems like a pretty nice house. And then the house mm-hmm. they moved into for rent, mm-hmm. like, that looks like it cost two grand a month. Yeah. What the hell kind of teacher is like he? And he's probably still got to pay for the old house, right? Right. I mean, they got two you can't mortgages just unload now. Unload the ghost house. They got a mortgage and a lease. Probably. You got to declare the presence of astral projection demons now. Like that's that's a liability. Yeah, that's true. That Renter's shows up insurance up on, is going to be off the charts. That shows up on the inspection report, and you haven't declared it. It's big, <laughs> big, big time trouble. Um,
1: I, you got to prove that it goes with the kid. Like, look, <laughs> when we move out, it's going to move out. Don't worry.
0: Some of the standout scenes of Josh, or I'm not the Josh Sean uh, here um, cited was Elsie, which I think is the paranormal investigator trying to contact Dalton, which is the child that wandered oh. off during the se- seance. Which I thought was awesome, but all like when they first showed like this World War II, uh huh, you know it, it, it's like something out of Hellboy gear strapped to her face and it's,
1: looks so ridiculous. It, I'm
0: like, Dude, what the hell? But this it, yeah. it actually won me over. I thought that was that was one of the, the the good scenes.
1: Yeah, it was effective because we couldn't hear what she was saying. Right. Uh, we had to kind of have it interpreted and it sounded like she was almost possessed herself. And, and like, they
0: have this neat little mechanism where to build tension and focus where like so the 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 deal is is the um, the one parent the 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 guy wearing glasses specs is relaying the things that she says. Like he's he's her conduit. Um And he does it faithfully in the very few first scenes. Like, you hear her kind of whisper, creak something, and he's translating it. But then as things get more intense, like, you can hear her whispering and frantically saying stuff, and he's kind of, like, you know, zoned out a little bit, Mm -hmm. which makes you, as the audience, like, want to shake him, like, What the fuck is she saying? (laughs) What the fuck? It, like, generates that tension because, like, suddenly it's like you're straining to hear and trying to figure out, and you're not getting it, and, like, you know, obviously major shit's going on. Um, I thought that was uh, a pretty... You know, it's a great scene all around, and really? also it, it, it also still had a little bit of the comedy in the beginning because, like, they had this tension between Specs and the Tucker character, mm-hmm. uh, if, if the this Angus Sampson character, where like Angus yeah. was all about the gadgets and the technology, and Specs was more about the woo woo aspects of like, oh, I I'm the mo- I I come in and draw what she sees when she's having her little trances and stuff. Mm-hmm. But then it kind of, you can kind of see the look on his face where they sit down and he gets out this big elaborate gas mask. Like, there's a little bit of, like, jealousy there. They're like, (laughs) oh, now you're, you know, now you got the technology out. Oh, I thought. Yeah, um, and his little, uh, his. Plus, I can't overstate how ridiculous this all looks. Yeah. When they start, she starts strapping this stuff to her face. (laughs)
1: it's completely ridiculous. I mean, Angus Sampson in this movie is completely ridiculous for the most part. Like. He's using these these ViewMaster goggles to like mm-hmm. cycle through fil- like color filters, different color for the light, and sp- yeah, to try and see these spectral images. It's it's totally ridiculous. He's using a toy, and yeah. they point that out, yeah, uh, something that he modified himself, and it's silly. Uh, and the
0: guy's like, "Yeah, it's from a toy," and he's like glaring at him, yeah. But and a little
1: predictable when he's, you know, cycling through it,
0: and you're like, okay, which color is going to show the ghost? It's still – I mean, I'm I'm a sucker for that stuff, though. I knew it was yeah. coming. Um, I will find that, like, I don't know whether I'm leveling up as a horror movie badass or just just wasn't fundamentally as scary as the others, but there was very few times where I actually got the hair on the back of my neck tingle. Mm-hmm. One of the times was when – Patrick Wilson went to the ghost house like he was walking through the astral plane through all this fog and he goes into a house and like just a uh, a girl just walks in front of him like with uh-huh. a diaphanous gown and it was just like no music cue or nothing. It was just like, ah, oh, ah, and, uh, you know, the hair stood up on the back of my neck. That's really the only time that it really got me. And that was a relatively quiet moment.
1: Yeah, I mean, sometimes that works the best. I. I think like that whole scene where he's in the living room, right, and there are these three non-responsive people there with these crazy looks on their face. They almost look—they almost don't look human. Mm-hmm. Um, they're mannequin-esque, uh, like yeah, they twisted get these,
0: like, smiles on their faces, like, like decaying like, mannequins. It's, yeah. it's
1: weird. Um, you know, I, I thought that whole scene was pretty effective um, because. Because they didn't do the jump scare that you thought they were going to do, right? Like, he goes up to this one, and he's feeling its face or whatever, mm-hmm. or waving his hand in front of it. And you think, oh, here comes the jump scare.
0: And it is, yeah. But it
1: doesn't happen. And it's so creepy in that moment that you feel you feel pretty t- intense.
0: I think that's one of the things Juan does best. He flouts horror convention. Yeah. Like... He trains you to expect a jump scare, and then he doesn't pay off. And he trains you, to, and he doesn't pay off. And he then he does pay off. Like, most of the time, there's this natural tension in these haunted house movies where nighttime things get crazy, daytime things are normal. And he flips that on you every once in a while. Like, some of the creepier things happen during the daylight or when really happy yeah. music is playing. Like, it really, you know, it, 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 it takes the things that you concede as safe zones in a horror movie and tells you, no, none of these are safe. Right. They're all like you're just as likely to get jump scared or something very creepy happen in in a thunder and lightning scene as you are when there's daylight outside and birds are chirping, Mm -hmm. which I thought is really. And it also somehow works really good for like suburban horror Uh because there's a lot less gothic scares in the suburbs, man. And like things are Mm -hmm. brightly lit and chirping, but that's there's still some, you know, there's still some some underlying horror to be to be mined from that.
1: Yeah, I I actually think another really effective scene is the one where the kid goes upstairs, and you saw that you know his mother had broken the ladder rung. Yeah, uh, before that, and you know you know he's going to fall, right? And, and you think that's going to be the moment where things go bad, right? Um, and it is, but not in the way you think, because he goes up there, he climbs this ladder, and he falls, and th- this was a really tense part, and because you know the music is building and. You know, he, he kind of sits up, and you're like, oh, he's fine. And then he just starts screaming. Right. Like, and and you don't see what he's seeing, but you hear downstairs, you're kind of, you know, the the you're the family in that situation. Right. Uh, I thought that was really
0: tense. And he's still, like, even then, he's still okay. Like, they get him checked uh-huh. out, and everything's yep. fine. And then the next day is when he goes into coma. So you're like, really, I remember thinking, like the hell is going on yeah and it all makes perfect sense once the movie you know figure you know to tells you clues you in on what's going on The josh because he also said that he has a dream that he can fly and like he's Mm -hmm. like he's got all these um you know artwork that he's doing which is one of my biggest problems in the film i'll get to here in a minute um but all like everything kind of makes perfect sense yeah there's a very few shortcuts this movie takes i'll go ahead and get right to the one that i didn't like um. So there's this point in the movie where Patrick Wilson has just thrown out the psychic investigator because he's having a fit of peak, and probably because he's still now that I think about it, subconsciously pr- trying to protect his own self from from this phenomenon. And he throws her out, and he goes back to his son's room, and he sees all these drawings that um, uh, his son has done of whatever the red faced demon is. Yeah. I like this just clear as day, and like there's just tons and tons of of all this stuff, and it all comes together for him, He's like, Oh my God, this woman's right all along. I thought it was hackneyed because like what parent like at this point, Rose Byrne has seen the fucking demon, mm-, mm-hmm. and has seen like the man in the trench coat and like some of the stuff that he's drawn, and yeah. Like, you, his mother has, has like, wouldn't that be something you'd be shrieking at at uh, at Wilson? Like, like. well, what about these pictures? They're exactly the things I've seen. And, uh-huh. like, the fact that there was no acknowledgement of that, and it just seemed like a very cl- clear, like, well, Juan wanted some tension because we know that she's right because we've seen these things. And mm-hmm. this woman's right on, and he's just being a stubborn dad that's not going to see reason. And he they, wanted that, but yeah. then almost immediately dissipate that tension the next scene later. Mm-hmm. So, also, it padded to film about ten fifteen minutes
1: and it just seemed to be there in order to convince Josh that right that his son was telling the truth,
0: right, which and i don't understand was, I don't understand why it. they saved him being the astral walker as the bomb will move later. I don't know. Because I, I thought some of the things that were hmm. creepy and like the rel- revelation is like when his mom got those pictures out, yeah, and the you know had this it's kind of like the the six element six not six element, the sixth sense where you got this kid who's sitting in a variety of scenes and you can see this like creepy ghost lady getting closer and closer and mm-hmm. closer. And the last picture she took, it's like, she's putting her hand on his shoulder. Right. And that's when they, they stopped taking pictures of him. And which, why does taking pictures do it? Like, I feel I like that's know. just, do, that's document, that's measuring the phenomenon. It's not actually, you know, the, 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 the thing that saved Josh was being hypnotized. It wasn't stop taking his picture. Right. Uh, in fact, that's a pretty maladaptive uh uh s- s- mechanism that ghosts would develop that you can be captured because it's like I thought it was going to be like, you know, oh, you see the sparkly things or like the, mm-hmm. you know, the motes of dust or but no, it's just a creepy old Victorian ghost lady <laughs> right. standing in the playground and like it's it's like that's like, yeah, like you show anyone that and it's like that's effed up. You know, like, I would believe that's happening. If you took a Polaroid, took a picture of yourself, and behind you is a ghost, and I actually saw it happen, like, okay, sign me up. <laughs> right. Let's get our proton pack strapped and get our traps <laughs> out. What's going on? And I don't believe in any of this shit.
1: Yeah. Uh, it, I, I don't know. I don't know why ghosts show themselves in photos or why photos can capture ghosts and the human eye can't.
0: Especially since, but. like, is it only some ghosts? Because, like, they make it sound like when a child... I also thought that was cool that like, the, the dead hunger for the living, you know, like, it's, it's mm-hmm. like they're jealous of the life that they still have and that their lives are over and right. they can't do anything. Like, uh, the, the way I would just feel like Josh would have, like, this fucking crowd swarming around him.
1: <laughs> right. Like, right. we see
0: other these other things. Like, they're all, like, uh, you know, everyone's kind of like they're, like, the hyenas of the spiritual world, like, jockeying for a position to get it. Who's going to get into the bo- boy's empty body first? um but it's only this creepy creepy lady. Maybe those will answers will be given in in, in insidious 2.
1: Maybe. Yeah, I I never quite understood the stakes here. Like or, or not the stakes, but like how the ghost would accomplish his mission or how you would prevent him from accomplishing his mission necessarily. Like I get it. Get him out of the further, but this kid is still going to go to sleep the next night. He's still going to dream. Like is well, he did. conscious? Does he have the ability yeah. to say, I
0: don't want to go to the further? Or or you can toughen him up because like, like Patrick Wilson, when he went to the further and the ghost tried to get onto him, he was able to like back off. Like like it made it seem like the living are stronger than the dead. They just have to kind of like be aware of it. Hmm. Okay. Like kind of like a Matrix situation. Like you actually can be stronger faster than the agents. You just have to – Number one, realize it's possible, and two, believe enough. So maybe what you would do with a a child like that that walks is you would train them.
1: Yeah, but then what about the end of the movie? I mean, he's clearly gone into the further. He believes it, he understands it, but he still gets possessed?
0: Yeah, because. By this ghost lady? Is she exceptionally powerful?
1: Because that's the other thing. I I just don't understand. Like when. They haven't explained well enough what's going
0: on. Yeah, like when the kid, Dylan, I think is his name, when he's like crawl, like he's in the astral house with his dad. And they're, craw- they're they're running away from this demon who's had him locked up. That was a pretty creepy scene, too. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, a ch- child being chained up by this demonic entity while he's sharpening his talons or whatever. Uh-huh. But they get away. But at one point, like, the demon gets a hold of Josh's ankle. Yeah. And I'm like, well, it's over. Right. It's yeah. over. Like, mm-hmm. what the hell? But it's not. Like, Josh just kind of wriggles away. And I'm like, well, wh- what? What? <laughs> I don't get it. Like, if if are these things? A th- I, I you know, I guess this is my. I'm I'm articulating what you don't like about superhero films, which right. is how do I know what the stakes are at any one time? Because the movie's telling me these are high stakes, but then the demon grabs him and he just wriggles free like right. he's like a Ma Fratelli from the Goonies. I mean, what does he have to do? Like consume him like yeah he, he, his body what he has is... to pour his form through his mouth like what what yeah. and and why i never quite understood how how the demon would win if this is such a powerful thing that can affect our real world uh-huh. like it just seems like he should be completely ascendant in the astral plane like right. maybe the kid and the dad teamed up together can barely escape him but i, I don't know
1: and i guess like in these kinds of movies Ultimately it doesn't matter, you're going for an effect. And I sure I, like discussing yeah, the story sh- and like trying to piece together the exact plot Logically, of this thing yeah. is
0: a futile exercise for most
1: horror movies. You're
0: right. They're very modern art. It's about the impression it makes and how it makes you feel. Right. Right. Which... And
1: to that effect, like I think Modern horror movies are just getting better and better. Like the the score in this is really good; it's really effective.
0: And even like the 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 flash photography that Angus Sampson employs, like the, right. the snap of that they use, almost like jump scares. The biggest
1: jump scare to me was when they were sitting down and he opened his camera. Uh huh. Like there was this this very loud noise and a very sudden cut, and I yeah. like jumped a little bit. And I'm like, "Well, that wasn't meant to
0: be scary." Yeah. No. They they definitely do that. Unhinged kind of musical quality, which I yeah, picked up strings. a lot, in when we were talking about with Legion, like you. Know, and I but wonder, you don't say
1: like the score in this movie is really good. You say it's effective. It's effective, right? Like it's, right. it's a different thing. Like you're with not going to throw movies.
0: on the soundtrack and just jam to. It. No, no, yeah. God, no, no. <laughs>
1: this is not like John Williams getting on the, the <laughs> no, uh-uh. symphony here. This is not Da-da-da-da. the orchestra. Uh, yeah, so it's interesting to just like when when the different con- like contextual frame that you put horror movies in versus other movies like they are a thing of their own and you know also one way in which horror movies are getting better and better is the acting i mean yeah you look at some of these old horror movies and they are true schlock
0: but I just have just scream terrible. queens like can you scream loud and effectively and just, like, that's like teens
1: it. who can't act in nope. this you've got you've got kids who can act you've got yeah adults who are serious actors and you know, this is not true of all horror movies, certainly. Sure. But most horror movies, I think, are getting better as far as, like, just just the technicals and also the casting. Which helps,
0: because that's the thing. The thing that, like, I've gone back and seen, like, Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street, and the reason they don't gri- grip me is because I don't care about the characters. Sure these wan films seem to spend at least as much time selling you on this family and what the state like you know there's real stakes like this isn't just a generic family that i should care about because they look like a hallmark picture right this is a family that i've seen like you know laugh and cry and they've had good times and bad times and they're excited because they're starting a new beginning and like i've you know especially i guess stuff like this works on me because like i've gone through this a lot like i've been recently married i've recently bought a new house and you know, of re- within the last decade, had a child, and like those things are all exciting, and these horror movies take and invert those. Like now, these are your biggest sources of dread. Yeah, um, but and you, I don't know when. You, so you it starts. think I mean, do, do you think they'll keep continue to get better? I think so. Yeah,
1: I mean, the horror genre is getting enormous. I mean, it used to be this kind of niche thing, right?
0: That like I'm thinking about like back I, to Bram Stoker's Dracula. I remember reading that and and it kept mm. me up at night just because, you know, first of all, it was, it was just really gothic horror and it used my imagination against me. And then I saw like the silent film Nosferatu, which mm-hmm. was also very creepy and scary. And then it seems like once the budgets got big enough, some of that got lost and it's being found again. Yeah. Like, like it was shocking that, you know, when you could do this crazy-ass gore and this Cronenberg-type special effects and Freddy was a centipede to crawl to your vagina and slash you up or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, and now it seems like they're returning to the roots of, you know, use quiet and space work and characterizations to really build an intimate connection with the audience and then tear their guts out. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it works a lot better. Like the witch is sure. another good example of that. Oh, I, think I forgot man. about throwing it into one of the scariest because, like,
1: that thing is all tension, and that is super effective because they don't show like some crazy fantastic yeah. monster. It's like,
0: yeah, it's just. It, I don't want to spoil any of it because yeah. it's weird though because it's kind of like the the. I felt like it meant very much like I was riding a roller coaster. Like at the end, I'm like looking back. I'm like, well, that wasn't that bad. Because there isn't but there isn't, it's
1: like most mostly hill. Right? Like you're it's, mostly yes, going on. Oh
0: my god, this is gonna be when I oh my oh my god, how are we gonna right. live through it? And you know, the fact that it's mostly children being involved, involved and, and those are my favorite ones. And like, there's also just kind of like psychological horror and this the predicament of that family being you know, Puritans out in the middle of this hostile right. wilderness. Yeah. Um but yeah, the witch was really good too. It was. Uh, do you have anything more to say or should, cause he's got a couple other points, Sean does, that he'd like to propound to us.
1: Uh, I think the scariest thing in this movie probably was the matching pajamas, the, the mother-son <laughs> matching pajamas. <laughs> yeah. That was true, truly scary. Although, I did know right off the bat that this was gonna be a scary movie because of the ghost credits. Like, any movie with a ghost credits, you, g- ghost, ghost letters. credits. Yeah, oh. I remember like the letters turn into ghosty, yeah. apparitional, yeah. Yeah. Uh, any movie with that, you know, it's going to be scary.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's say he wants to know what is her take on astro projection, which like, what do you mean? Like, I feel it's very much like warp drive in star Trek or tell ma- you know, matter tele uh, transporters. Like it's a really solid plot concept, but I don't believe in it. Okay. Yeah. Um, like I don't even, I don't even know where to begin. If you want me to take it seriously as, a, as a scientific concept. But no, right. it's just like ESP or any of those other things. Like, I think it's a cool, like, sci-fi horror concept, right? And I accept it. I don't need, you know, I don't, I don't need a lot of like pseudoscience to explain it. It just, it's, it's. I mean, stuff like this is um, supernatural.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It, 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 it can't be explained uh, by rational laws and science. And if it ever does get, then it's no longer supernatural. It's just another chat and another branch of science we understand, <laughs> right? but i think that's fine you know as as like i said i I'm, I'm just talking in circles now you want to know how this compares to the rest of the conjuring series would you've already seen one of the would you say that conjuring 2 is scarier than this movie uh yeah yeah i would i think i wonder though because i did if this was the first james wan film you'd seen it might be super scary because i feel like he not a lot his his techniques didn't because of budgetary reasons and 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 other reasons they weren't at full potency yet Mm -hmm. so i bet if this you saw this in 2010 it's like holy shit this is like super super scary and then you see cars like uh, it just keeps on you know you just you just fall that that power creep up as he gets better and better you still get scared but like you know um conjuring well i i thought like in the conjuring 2 the the terrorization of the children was Intense,
1: um, yes, and and very scary. I thought the scenes with like the grandpa were, you know, kind of silly, like the chair thing. um, It was in some parts silly, but in some parts very, very creepy. Right. Uh, You know, the the crooked man or whatever. Crooked man was pretty ridiculous. I mean, the
0: thing is, the build up to this crooked man was scary. Yeah, like everything about like the tent and like the fire truck going in and and out. Like, but once he stepped, like I didn't. Sometimes I maybe looking. Maybe creature. James Wan is just weird that way, that, like, he lacks the ability to objectively look at a creature design and be like... That looks eh, ridiculous. you know, the right lighting, that might, but, like, you know, you can't... I, I just feel like... Like, Beetlejuice, I don't care what movie he's in, he's not a terrifying concept. Right. Like, <laughs> right. just his, like, you know, striped suit and all that stuff, he's not scary. Uh-huh. He's not scary at all. And, like like like, you can't make a Dr. Seuss character scary... Yeah. just if you elongate him and give him sharp teeth then it's just it's 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 still kind of ridiculous i'm with
1: you right.
0: um and i felt like the the main the main red face monster here once you saw like i, yep. I think that was a mistake you just should have never seen more than claws yep and like shadow forms of him
1: yeah your imagination is always going to come up with your worst nightmare. It's especially gonna when come you come up a, with the thing that's scarier than anything my imagination they can show
0: certainly you. is worth one, more than 1.5 million dollars
1: <laughs> easily you're, the budget in your imagination is limitless, and I, and I mean that's the thing about not showing it is that you can make it the scariest thing to you, right? And whatever they show you, maybe maybe they nail it for a single. Or person. maybe that
0: James Wan, like that, he's just terrified by like children, creepy children's illustrations.
1: Right. I mean, maybe this is the scariest thing he's ever seen. This red faced, yeah, uh, horned goat footed devil. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, it's it's yeah. but. But only for him, yeah, only for him, and if he had left it more ambiguous, then everyone else could fill in the gaps with their scariest thing, and I think that's when horror movies are most effective when when you're filling in the blanks
0: um so i'll t- say so, so I think that this, like I said, this gave me um not a lot of scares, there was like one or maybe yeah. two hair raising experiences, which is what I I guess I'm watching horror films now for that tingly feeling, because I can't get it anywhere else but but horror films and haunted houses. Right. Uh, um, and, like, that adrenaline kind of, like, jacked adrenaline mm-hmm. response. Um, I, the Conjuring, I got, like, five or six times. Conjuring 2, I got it four, three or four times. Hmm. Um, not because, like, again, I thought it was less scarce. I feel like the times they got in The Conjuring 2, like, they were longer lasting and more powerful. Yeah, yeah. But they happened more frequently in The Conjuring. Huh. So, um, and then again, like I, I, I wish I'd seen them in the right order, because I, I do feel like if I want to see the going back and see the Conjuring one after I saw the Conjuring two, I might have only had half the the hair raising experiences. Because you, mm-hmm. you know, some of the stuff it's like you just need constant stimulus. Like if if you, well, I'm I'm where I'm watching four or five scary movies a year now, and they're always like consensus on Reddit scariest film of the year. How how much longer can I sustain these the tingles on the back of my neck? Not very. I mean, yeah, you probably never get question. completely immune to them, but like you don't. Certainly. But I
1: found myself not scared by this movie, except right. for maybe like one spot. Right, like one spot was like, that's it. You know, because yeah. I see all the patterns, and I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I'm more observing like the patterns of the movie at yeah. this point than. Like, Just getting drawn in and, and being scared
0: when you're breaking it down as a craft. Um, yeah, and we watched it, we watched it with the lights off. It's hilarious because our neighbor office person came over in the middle of us watching it, and uh-huh. like you know, I opened the door and like this pitch black studio, this watching this big screen, me and you know, Jim holding hands in the dark. And <laughs> she's <laughs> yeah. got to be thinking, What the hell? What the hell? Yep, uh, but we tried to give it like the full experience, you know, like pitch black studio, um. I don't know. Watching it with a person, that's the other thing. is Because I know that you and I were like breaking down the craft in certain scenes. We probably shouldn't be doing that. Because if you're observing the craft of the movie, you're not letting it affect you.
1: Yeah, uh, but and, you, you know we're that's joking. Our job like you know, we,
0: the 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 long running right. joke for first half of the movie is that broken ladder. Like oh, that's going up a ghost bee hole. <laughs> right. That 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 wooden shard is going to get stuck yeah. up a demon's bee hole, and that's going to be the climax of the film. Kudos to them; <laughs> they didn't do that. Right. Uh, <laughs> they had a better plot than broken shaft of wood up a ghost bee <laughs> hole. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, that's the comparison to the Conjuring series. So you're saying I should scrap my horror script. <laughs> 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 what would you call it?
1: Uh, the whole bee. Fractured butt Hole B. Fractured butthole, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's so
0: good. That's such a great name. It's South such Park. a great name. Those Fractured guys are butt geniuses. Uh, I mean, that's because that would be a great name for that particular plot. <laughs> it would be. Um, uh, he wants to know, how did you feel about the film's plot, villains, and themes of otherworldliness, such as choosing what to remember about your past after traumatic experiences, i.e. Josh's choice to forget that he, too, had per uh, astro projected, um, yeah, we haven't talked about the big, the idea of ignoring trauma versus confronting and ultimately healing from it mm-hmm. is a powerful one, but ultimately subverted in the fact that yep. when when uh, Patrick Wilson did so, he got possessed. Right. Like, super possessed.
1: Yeah, so that's the thing. Like, I, I just don't understand that anything has been solved at the end of this movie for this kid, because yeah. clearly, like, Patrick, Patrick Wilson is aware, Patrick Wilson... You know, is familiar with the idea of going to the further, and yet he's, he's, he's being still coached.
0: He's being coached by like a very formidable paranormal investigator. So he's as got much that. as you can understand. Like, he's got it. the Bill Belichick of ghosts, you know, uh, 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 head coaching him through this situation.
1: Right. So is it the case that like? Some ghosts are just so powerful that it doesn't matter if you're able to, like, stay within your body. They can still take it. Because clearly he didn't fall asleep and dream and fly out of his body, right? Right. Like, it was just taken.
0: Yeah, and it's like, that's always, I think, an interesting idea. Like, you've got different hierarchies of power within the demonic world. Like, you've got punk-ass demons that, like, Mm -hmm. might frighten old ladies. But, like, you know, uh, a a, a, a Patrick Wilson can just basically nut up and tell him to fuck off. And then you've got, like... The Daedric princes of the underworld, where you're just like, yeah. Unless you're Gandalf the Grey, they come call and you're just fucked. And that that's <laughs> interesting, but also kind of not fun. Sure.
1: If you don't have a way to combat it, there's no tension in the movie,
0: right? Right. Like, it's just you're. It's just it's almost well, watching. It. Yeah, it's watching a snowshoe hare being chased by a wolf. You know. Okay. Like there, <laughs> sure. that there, there's only one way this is going to end, and it's it's going to make children cry when they watch it on a nature channel. <laughs> um, I don't know. Maybe that's I, because I, that's that is essentially Lovecraft horror in a nutshell. That's these true. things are yeah. big, and they're hungry, and they're powerful, and you can't understand and reason with them, and they're going to get you. Mm-hmm. And they're effective. So, I don't know. It's it's weird that this movie kind of successfully bridges the gap between that and the human scale, where the human still can f- have some kind of resistance.
1: Yeah, I guess. But it's it's also weird to me that, you know, these, these ghosts that hunger for the bodies of the living. Mm-hmm. Uh, well... I mean, maybe they hunger for the living bodies, but they can really only get to the ones that
0: that are in travel, empty. right? Yeah, like you had, they have to wait until someone sneaks out the front door, and then they bust in. Yeah, so. and
1: clearly, that's not a phenomenon that happens to many, many people. It's just this family, apparently. This yeah, bloodline. I, line, I
0: like, would like to see, like, a, how many people, like, out of a million births, how many people are able to astrally project, right?
1: Now, once they get into the bodies, what can they do?
0: Yeah. Are they super powerful?
1: Or are they super strong? Wouldn't they just become the living person they were before?
0: Or do they – because it seemed like there was a line about the fact that they just feast on pain and suffering. Like they would mm-hmm. go like, – and whatever, whatever psychic harm they can do to that family and physical harm, that would like be a meal that they digest over the next few hundred years until the next opportunity comes to do it again. Okay. Which I don't – that doesn't I, make any sense, but I'm not a dead, vengeful spirit. So, like, maybe, right. you know – But
1: presumably these spirits were alive at one point, well, right? Well, I
0: mean, yeah, and you also have, like, sons of bitches right now who they would rather tear things down and destroy sure. things yeah. than actually build something themselves, you right. know? So, like, I guess that to the extent that those personality types are – walk amongst us, that they would continue to do that when they're dead, too.
1: Yeah, and I suppose maybe this is the movie's
0: explanation for those types of people, hmm. for the people who are – just destructive. Right.
1: Uh they're possessed.
0: But they also like I I I felt there are stories behind some of these. Like there's one guy that looked like maybe he was just a serial killer. Mm-hmm. So whatever. But then that one girl also, who m- murdered jealous? her family. What was the deal with that? And like why is her whole family in there with her? Like, is that the just girl who murdered what? Yeah, like that one girl, the the doll face family. Like it seemed like their story was oh right a fairly happy, well adjusted family that was killed by a psychopath. But maybe there was some more darkness to that family that were that let on. But mm-hmm. like I don't know enough about the story to understand what they're trying to get with that. I guess is what I'm saying. Gotcha. So
1: once once a ghost takes your body, does it stop being jealous of the living? Because now it's living itself. That's what I'm
0: saying. Like, is it like, is it now just like, hey, until I get, until I use up this body or it gets killed or whatever? Do I, do I just, am I trying to set the high score for pain? Right, but because I don't think I don't think you're right. I, I don't mean, think they just go and try to live their. But the their rationalization
1: life. for it is they're angry that they're not alive anymore, right? But so once they possess
0: a body, aren't they
1: then alive again? Well, like, but
0: like, is it real life or is it? I mean, like, what does it feel like to be possessing fantasy? a body? Or is is and can you assert control all the time or you do it just enough to piss? Because like, because you know, some of it's just lashing out, right? It's like, well, none of these questions are answerable. No, zero of them. No. No, and I don't even know how much they're 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 worth talking about. And the other thing yeah. is, like, I don't honestly I don't understand the when you talk about the villains. Like, I to me, a good villain is their motivations you understand from a certain point of view. And mm, I, I, thought, yeah. I guess I guess why I, I thought that Conjuring 2 was really good, because the primary antagonist, the old man, you find out that he is just as tormented and tortured by the demon as any of the living, and he's being forced to do these things. And, like, you can kind of make build a connection there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the red-faced demon, like, they said, well, he's just there to inflict pain and cruelty upon the world. Like, okay. So he's just literally an embodiment of evil, and there's nothing. And, and to, then, I mean, then the his jealousy utility angle, is how... Yeah, but I don't think the demon was jealous. Like that was the explanation for the ghosts. The demon is just like
1: the demon is not a ghost. The demon is something else. Yeah, the
0: demon. Yeah, like like so. Ghosts are for like she even said that. Like the ghosts are like former humans. This demon is just, just she. He's another type of life form altogether. Oh, like it's a purely spec. Which that's another thing is like I kind of like this modern trend of of um, these conjuring films. Well, I guess the conjuring films do lean pretty heavily on religion. Never mind. But I don't think it's necessary to believe. Like, you don't – like, just because Patrick Wilson and and uh, his wife believe that they're God's agents and they're w- waging a war with God like, that that could just be the way they understand it. There's nothing that says that you have to believe in God or the devil mm-hmm. for this stuff to be real, which I think makes it a little bit scarier. I don't know. Yeah, sure. Uh, let's see if there's any other points that he wanted us to talk that we haven't caught in uh... – I got a real
1: Stranger Things vibe from the further
0: <laughs> – you know what? And, I actually—it's one of those cases where I, I feel like a little bit of Stranger Things luster wore off because it seems so obvious that this film yeah. completely informed the creature design, the feeling of the 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 further what's what do they call it in the the upside down, the upside down. Yeah. Like I, you know, I, I still think it's a it's a triumph, and the children make it and. And the performances make it, but mm-hmm. like a lot of the creativity, brownies that I was giving to the set and setting <laughs> evaporated right. once I saw the cities. Because there's no way those guys didn't see this movie, and uh, to the extent I they mean, did, that's that's half of the original concepts they did jack from this film. Right, right. This
1: this tracks, uh, you know, with the upside down pretty closely. So, you know, I, I still think Stranger Things is amazing, but yeah, I'm I'm with you. It, it rubs a little bit of the luster off.
0: Yeah, and just a little. I mean, I'm not fucked up yeah. of Stranger Things by by any stretch of the imagination. And argument can made that you can take this movie, unpack it, and make it longer, and it'd be just as good or better. Maybe that's what Stranger Things is. But uh, I think that's all the uh, most of other stuff. I think we've we've uh, dealt with. And also, we have a whole Insidious two ahead of us, and he specifically wants us to compare and contrast our experiences with that. So that'll be coming soon. All right. Uh, thanks uh, again, Sean Ray, for. Commissioning this and many other movies. Uh, we continue to enjoy them. If you would like to commission your podcast, it's easy go to baldmove.com shop and click on either the community commission or the Commission your film uh, link and it will take you to a store where you can select a from a wide variety of community commissions where you buy $10 shares at a time. Once all shares in a movie are sold, we take it down and do it uh, or you can just commission a movie on your own uh, uh, horsepower and steam. Uh, which is obviously considerably more expensive. But uh, if uh, you got something off-menu, it's the only way to get it done. Uh, That's it. We'll be back with Insidious 2 here shortly. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya.